Blackness, queerness, fighting back to fill this cis and all-white space With a portrait of a portrait of a portrait of a black queer face And a choir full of black queer voices Trammel, clap, and also bass That are casting spells to conjure up a Big black and queer as American Broadway This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining. A Detroit native was recently honored with a prestigious Pulitzer Prize. Last week, playwright Michael R. Jackson was awarded the Pulitzer for drama for his play, A Strange Loop, which we were just hearing a little taste of. It's what's called a metafictional musical, wherein the audience is transported to the experience of a young black queer writer who's trying to write a musical. Here to tell us more about what went into creating this groundbreaking work and what the achievement means to him personally is the playwright himself, Michael R. Jackson. Welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's great to have you here. Uh, so first of all, congratulations on your win. It is a huge achievement, and I need to correct something I said during the billboard. I said you were the first African-American to win for drama, which is not true. You are, however, the first African-American to win for drama for writing a musical, which is That's itself a very big deal. Um, but right. yeah, but but take us back to the day that you learned that uh, you were winning the Pulitzer Prize. How'd you find out, and how did it feel? Um, I was on the phone with a friend of mine who knew that the announcements were coming that day, and he sort of wanted to distract me from thinking about it. <laughs> right. <And> so. <laughs> We were like having a pretty shallow conversation about the Real Housewives of Atlanta, <laughs> and um, and I had forgotten. I literally did forget about the announcements, but he was secretly watching the um, the announcements on the other end, and he told me that I won. And wow. I sort of went, "What?" <laughs> He's like, "You won the Pulitzer," <laughs> and um, that's when like my phone sort of started like exploding, yeah. um, and it, it felt sort of surreal and exciting you know i've been sort of describing everybody that like getting the put like i this because it's sort of off-broadway award season right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. in new york and so i feel i've been telling people i sort of feel like i'm sam beckett from quantum leap <laughs> like he's getting transported through different dimensions of like pandemic terrible news <laughs> <laughs> Yay, you won an award. Yay, right. you won a Pulitzer. Oh, God, more terrible news. You know, like, it was just constant back and forth in that. Yeah. But it was, a, it was a pretty joyful day, and, um, and, and I, was glad, I was grateful for it. Yeah, yeah. So your play, A Strange Loop, centers on the experience of a black, a black queer writer in New York trying to focus on his passions while working at a job he hates. I want to hear quickly another clip from the show and then talk about where the idea came from because it sounds at least somewhat autobiographical. Here, let's take a, another listen. We want to know what's going on in New York. Excuse me. It's your daily self-loathing. I had some time to kill. I thought I'd stop by to remind you just how truly worthless you are. Because after what me and your dad went through, to send your black booty to NYU. 
it appears you'd be just running around without any direction. <laughs> I, I love that you can hear the audience laughing uh, yeah, as no, those really, brain. really sharp, uh, witty lines get delivered in the in the musical. Yeah, yeah. Tell us where the idea for this came from. Um, well, it initially started as a sort of thinly veiled personal monologue that I wrote when I was a senior um, at NYU studying playwriting. And I just was sort of trying to figure out, like, my place in the world as a young black gay man, and so the, the the monologue was initially just about like a young black man walking around New York wondering why life was so terrible. Um, and then uh, I went to grad school for musical theater writing, and I started writing music while I was there. Though I wasn't a composition, I wasn't a composer uh, student there. I was studying book writing and lyric writing, but I, I had musical ability, and I had an opportunity to write some songs. Um, and I wrote, and I was encouraged to continue writing my own music, even though I was going to be paired with a composer for my thesis project. And a lot of the songs that came out of that were um, sort, of, sort of had thematic overma- overlap with the monologue that I had written a couple of years earlier. So the director friend and I started trying to put them together, and then just slowly over time, this piece sort of emerged about uh, this uh, young black musical theater writer who was an usher, which I did do. I was an usher for five years at the New Amsterdam Theater where the Lion King used to play and Mary Poppins and Aladdin. And I just had this, you know, this weird idea of like this person sort of in the background of a theater, Mm. you know, wanting to have his his musical put on stage and sort of using his own life as the, the fodder for the musical that he was writing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a really, it's a really high concept, uh, but uh, the the humor that you inject into it, I think, is is one of the things that probably makes audiences really, really take to the story, and and as we could hear in the clips, laugh, which I think is one of the great uh, one of the great things about about art on on stage is its ability to to sort of suck us in and and make us have a good time. Uh, you are a Detroit native, um, a graduate of Cass Tech. Uh, talk about the influence of growing up here on on your work and the connection uh, that you still have to this city. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I'm Detroit, born and raised. I, uh, I was born on the west. I was born in Grace Hospital, raised on the west side. Um, I went to Golightly Educational Center mm-hmm. from middle eight through first through eighth grade, and cast you know for nine through twelve. Mm-hmm. And and being from Detroit was not always something that I like appreciated when I was growing up. And like it, it actually took going away from it to for me to really appreciate my roots and. Um, but like there was so much about my upbringing and going to cast that like really nurtured who I am as a person and as an artist, um, particularly at cast where I, um, took my creative writing class with Miss Deborah Thompson, who, um, was affiliated with Inside Out, which is a program that really sort of introduced me to writers who were pursuing writing as a profession mm-hmm. and that sort of set me up for a lot of success going forward. Um, but yeah, so Detroit is like, is a, I'm a Detroit boy for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I'm a New Yorker now, but <laughs> the, but the, 
I, I do, the city is in me and like that upbringing is definitely in me in a major way. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of inside out, which is one of my favorite, uh, organizations here in the city, uh, we're also now joined by Peter Marcus, who's a senior writer at inside out literary arts and was someone who worked with you, uh, quite a bit when, uh, you were here in Detroit, Peter, welcome to Detroit today. Thanks, Stephen. I'm happy to be here to celebrate Michael's achievement. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. Um, I'm so happy to hear your voice, Pete. <laughs> I'm happy to hear your voice, Michael. Very proud of you. Thank uh, you. Uh, so, so talk about the relationship that the two of you had when you were at Inside Out, Michael. Um, so I first met Peter when uh, he came into... To, to, like they used to bring in writers and residents to to do sessions with us in my creative writing class, and Pete came in, and um, I think I was like sort of instantly interested in him. He was like this weird young, like white man who beguiled me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to his, put like, that. Beautiful, his like his beautiful words and and his poetry and his prose and. And I don't remember how soon I began taking private workshops with him um, that he used to do um, in Cass Corridor. I don't know if, I, but I did like I did it like a couple of times, and those were really transformative for me, uh, just because Pete challenged me and everyone in the, and who were taking these workshops to to sort of push the boundaries of their comfort zone, as it were, and to sort of find their obsessions as writers. And that just ended up being that, that sort of, I feel like my writing moved to like a different level for my age at that time. And so I'm always have been so thankful to have met him and to have met him through inside out because it, it like made all the difference in mm. sort of my career path. Yeah. Uh, Peter, that's gotta be a teacher's dream to hear Michael say that. Oh, I mean, Michael's just a dream student. I mean, I'm sure going back to, you know, his fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Sturgill, uh, who I know had an influence and remembers Michael well all the way on up to Deborah Thompson, who was the, the teacher who first opened up her classroom door to me, who, you know, as Michael said, I was just sort of this weird white guy artist living in the cast corridor and uh, I was instantly beguiled by Michael, who to me was just this weird young black kid at Cast Tech <laughs> who instantly we had a connection through language, you know, and uh, that carried over, like Michael said, into some uh, workshops that I was privately offering out of my West Willis brownstone at the time. Mm. Uh, but, you know, Michael was, uh, you know, he was already who he who he became even back then. And, you know, you can only credit a teacher for just sort of giving a student like Michael uh, the, the, the space and the permission to, to be who he is. His pages were already dangerously charged uh, when I first uh, met him and maybe uh, only became even uh, more uh, singular as he, as he, you know, kept on uh, taking himself Seriously, which is all I can ever uh, want from a, a student. Yeah. Um, but at Inside Out, you know, we often said 
um, even back then, that your pencil or your pen can really launch you into extraordinary uh, places in the world. Though I don't think Terry uh, Blackhawk, the founder, would have ever dreamed that that would take you to a, a Pulitzer Prize. So yeah. uh, we're beyond uh, just thrilled for Michael. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael, uh, you're also the first person to win the Pulitzer for drama for a play that was not on Broadway. I wonder, mm-hmm. uh, of course, if this changes that uh, that reality. In other words, will will your play now get a little more uh, exposure and attention in New York? Well, it definitely, I mean, we had like a very successful run off-Broadway, and there certainly was, there was a, a, a strong, there was already a strong faction for it to move to Broadway, you know, mm-hmm. but I think there was always a little bit of doubt about, you know, whether that could happen just because of what the piece is, and it's sort of a very bold, explicit, you know, piece that doesn't necessarily equal, make you think like, uh, will fit into the economics of Broadway yes. tourists and everything. But we do think that the Pulitzer sort of gives it a little bit or a lot more cachet. Yeah. And so we're hopeful, you know, once we're all able to gather together again, that we will be able to make that transition happen. But obviously we have to see sort of what happens in the world. Okay. Michael R. Jackson, again, congratulations. Many, many congratulations from all of us here in Detroit for this incredible honor. And thanks for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. And Peter Marcus, senior writer at Inside Out, uh, thank you for joining us as well. Thank you, Stephen. I'll see you in New York, Michael. (laughs) Okay, that's going to do it for us today. I'll be back tomorrow with a conversation with philosopher Charles Eisenstein about his essay, The Coronation, and the holistic solution it proposes regarding our experience with this pandemic. This is 1019 WDED, Detroit's public radio station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.